Welcome to Game Day Geeks with your hosts, James Mummert and Josh Davidson. I'm James Mummert. And I'm Josh Davidson. Welcome back to another week of Game Day Geeks. Yeah, it was, uh, it was quite the week we've had since the last podcast went out. We have a new World Series champion. We have a new president. We have new college football rankings. We do. A lot of and new we things. Will, we will hit on... <coughs> Most of those things, but we said week one we will not talk politics, and we won't. So Mm-mm. we have a new president. You can figure out who it is if you haven't uh, <laughs> been tuning into the Earth the last <laughs> the last six if months. You're still hiding in your hole. So uh, yeah, there's a lot to get into. Um, first, though, you went this past weekend. To Green Bay, right? Yep. To, to Lambeau Field. To the Lambeau Field. And it was my first time actually going to watch a game there. A few months ago, I went to Lambeau, uh, did a tour of the stadium, got to see it. But going there and actually being there for a game versus just kind of visiting it is two completely different things. And it was amazing. It was probably the best football atmosphere I think I've ever been to in a game and I've been to a lot of Steelers games and I've been to uh, all different types of of football games and um, being there even for two teams that I it's the Packers who I don't root for although I kind of do because my girlfriend does and the Colts I don't really have a vested interest in them but the game was awesome it was a lot of fun the environment was great the stadium was great the fans were a lot of fun Got to see a squirrel run all over the field. I don't know if you saw that on... Actually, I did. We had some people over, but the game was on, and the squirrel was getting a lot of attention. Because I think it was, what, twice it happened Uh, or something in the end zone. It actually happened quite a bit. I don't think the refs actually paid attention to it. I think one of the funniest things, though, uh, it was when Green Bay was on the Colts' like 5 or 10-yard line. And all of a sudden, the squirrel ran out onto the end zone, and the refs... Blew the blew the play dead. Immediately, Rogers points to the Colts as if to say, "Whatever flag it was, it's on them." He wasn't pointing to the squirrel or anything like that. He was pointing to the Colts. So it's I think it's kind of funny. I think those players though, are pretty ingrained to the automatically <laughs> yeah. just say, "Yep, other team. It was the other team." Yeah, but no, it it was great, and um, I would love to go back and go as many times as I possibly could. It's it's a lot of fun. Yeah, which I mean, it kind of got us talking <clears throat> a little bit today at work about. You know, just sports venues, really, that are kind of like cathedrals or must-see in your lifetime, you know? Yeah. Um, I've been to a couple of the ones that I've listed. Now, I, I came up with a list, wrote it down on a post-it note, of places that I believe are kind of like must-see for different sports. Some of them I've been to. Some of them are on my list. <clears throat> so, Lambo's included. Uh, which I think, from what I gather from talking to people, because a lot of people, maybe the casual fan or those who don't really follow sports, don't understand that Green Bay, the city, is actually a lot. It's not big at all. It's like 100,000 no. people. Yeah, it's it's smaller than <clears throat> Dayton, Ohio, for those of you familiar with it. And to think that a, a city of 100,000 people, roughly, has an NFL franchise, and, and an NFL franchise is actually really good. You look at the 60s, you look at the the two Super Bowls they've won since the uh, Super Bowl era, it, it's crazy. It's crazy to think that. Yeah, so 
I, it's on my list. I, I want to get there really bad. The other couple of the other places football related that I have are college football, the Shoe, uh, Columbus, and the Big House in Michigan. I have been to both of those places. I have not been to the Big House for a football game, but I did get to tour the stadium. Uh, I have the Coliseum down for USC. I mean, that stadium has a lot of history in, in general. You can go back to the Olympics and some of the. I mean, that yeah. this is a place I think you would want to watch a game at. Uh, I also have Notre Dame as a question mark. I think that's right on the cusp. I mean, it's a big deal for Catholics and people of fans of the Irish, and but. You know, it's got a lot of history, and then you've got Rudy and all these other things yeah, that kind of makes that it. That adds to it, yeah. Right. Uh, for baseball, I've got Fenway and Wrigley. Uh, I think those I, are really the only two. I've been to Fenway, and it was awesome. I really want to get to Wrigley. And I would have put old Yankee Stadium down, but when they tore it, yeah, yeah. Once they tore it down and put the this new place up, it doesn't, doesn't have the same luster. Uh, TD Ameritrade Stadium or Rosenblatt Stadium for those in the College World Series. Uh, fandom Omaha I really really want to get down to the College World Series I th- like that's been a dream of mine to go out to Omaha and yeah. just experience that weekend with my dad that would be pretty my neat. brother uh, Augusta for golf I think that's a venue Madison Square Garden for NBA you're basically taking all of mine well good <laughs> Wimbledon <laughs> and then I have uh, the Hoosiers Fieldhouse okay uh, from, the so. only the only I like all those answers um there's not one I would disagree with. Um, the another one I would add on the college football realm is the uh, the Rose Bowl out in Pasadena. That that's the one I'm missing. Yeah, that's a big one. Uh, but yeah, for the most part, I think uh, I think you hit the nail on the head with all of them. Um, it, it's crazy how close we are to so many of those. Being in Ohio, we're we're right next to a couple hours away from Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Um, yeah, that that would be another good one. I mean, I'm not oh, a NASCAR I think, I think, fan. I thought you said Indianapolis. Oh no, I well, did. That's another one too. Indianapolis Motor Speedway. I think that's yeah. a that's a big one. Um, not just for I know NASCAR races there, but IndyCar and just it's been around for forever. Yeah. Um, so even though I may not like some of the, to watch some of these sports, like those are big yeah. deals in that sport. I there was one. Yeah, I can't remember it, but I think there was a uh, a hockey. Um, well, you've got Joe Louis Arena, yeah. which is... What's the one uh, up in Buffalo, like the really old one? Oh, I don't know. I think yeah. Joe Louis is the one in Detroit or St. Louis. Uh, clearly don't know much about hockey. Yeah, we are not but, hockey buffs, that's for sure. But, but we'll talk about I'll it I'll watch the game, point. and I I do think it is a sport. So uh, there are those who, because <laughs> yeah. they can't pick up a hockey stick, claim that it's not a sport. So, nah. um, yeah, I, I've been to Fenway, been to the Shoe, been to the Big House. I think next on my list will probably be Wrigley just because it's a really close drive. And, we, and we, now that the Cubs are World Series champs, you know, it that doesn't really – they could win or not have won, and I really want to get there. I mean, the yeah. ivy on the wall. You, I've been to the outside of it. I haven't been inside. <laughs> that's like saying that you've been to uh, Utah, but you flew through Salt Lake. Yeah, yeah I went yeah. to the Salt Lake Airport, like, so I've basically been You've to been Utah. to a country just flying through it. Yeah. <clears throat> right. Um <laughs> yeah, if we're missing any list, uh, feel free to reach out to us, facebook.com slash gamedaygeeks, Twitter at gdgeeks. We have six followers right now. Ooh, Killing it. I think Killing we have it. six more than some people. Um, or send us an email, gamedaygeeks at yahoo.com. Yep. Now, speaking on baseball, we'll just touch on it briefly. Since we recorded last, Game 7 was that night. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Cubs have won the World Series, so... 
Congratulations to the Cubs. The the Hopefully only thing I, some of them are listening. That would be kind of nice. <laughs> that would be awesome. The only thing I want to say about that is that series overall was just a fabulous series. Oh yeah. As a fan of the sport and not having a direct rooting interest for either team, mm-hmm. it was a phenomenal series. Now, script you can't really script a series like that much better. Had that game went five games for either team. Yeah. It's not the same as a game seven. It's not the same as a game seven that went to extra innings, you know that yeah. that's going to be made any, in ESPN thirty for thirty. I guarantee it. Oh, they're and already in production. It. I think any game seven is is a big deal. Although this game seven, in my opinion, might be the greatest game I've ever watched and in any sport. Baseball, baseball, yeah, baseball. Okay. I um, because I'm willing to. I'm willing to allow it in the discussion for me in my lifetime. Now I'm only 29. Yeah. Like you know, we're we are not the oldest people, <laughs> and I'm only so 30. I can't so, go yeah. referencing stuff from the 60s, <laughs> 70s, and mid 80s and yeah. acting like I knew, like I was there. But in my lifetime, I am willing to allow it into the discussion as that some of the greatest, one of the greatest games I've ever watched in any sport. Now a lot of it has to do because I'm a baseball fan primarily. Like that's my yeah, number. That's your one number sport. one. Yeah. Yeah. And I, like I was crying. It wasn't my it wasn't my allergies. It wasn't me chopping up onions. But like reading some of the stories afterwards and some of the things leading oh, up to it. The guy that drove all the way up to uh, listen to the game with his well, he made the promise to his father, father yeah. while he was alive that if the Cubs ever you know had a chance for the World Series, they would watch it together. Obviously, yeah. with him passing, couldn't do that, and he drove out, sat uh, next to his grave. By himself and yeah. like stories like that, that's just romantic. Like it, there's no other sport, no other major sport that I can think of in the, in America that has that kind of bond. Well, I mean, I I think between any father and son or parent and child, any sport can have that type of bond. It's just predominantly, I think, baseball has more of those those bonds just because. There are so many more games in a season. Um, the ability to go to one with your kid, with your parents, is a lot easier than it is to go to like an NFL game or go to a basketball game or something like that. Plus the tradition. I mean, baseball's been around for over well over 100 years. So. Yeah, since the late 1800s. Yeah, so I, I think that adds to it. But not trying to take anything away, I, I agree with you. It's that, that bond that people, and I keep saying that over and over, but it... It's true um, that parents and children can can share with that kind of stuff is awesome. And yeah, seeing those stories, man, it's yeah. I mean, and I think crazy. it was an awesome series just to watch, and even on social media, watch the reaction of both fans. I think they both kept it classy. There was some, you know, tongue in cheek sarcasm or yeah. trolling, but it wasn't anything vicious uh, between two opponents like we've seen in other venues. Yeah. At the end of the day, Cleveland was angry that they had lost, but I think, and I saw this because I I have a bevy of Cleveland fans through Facebook and Twitter and whatnot. They were actually happy for Chicago at the you know after yeah. consoling and going through that grieving period of <laughs> your team not winning. All those they realized stages of grief. They didn't lose to a Dodgers or you know a, t- a team or the Giants who seem to win all the time. Yeah. Or who are this big market team now? Chicago, I got bad news for you. You are no longer a lovable loser. <laughs> you are now 
starting this year, this upcoming baseball year, you are now going to be one of those big guys who have won one. We just lost our only Chicago Cubs listener. That's fine. <laughs> that's fine. But that's the that's the reality of it, you know? Oh, it Chicago was lovable losers because, yeah, they're a big name, big market team. But they still they had this curse. They couldn't win. Yeah. And now they're a team with a, a giant payroll who's won a title, and that's great. And I think they'll embrace this new role, and I think any Cubs fan will gladly trade it. I'm just saying yeah. I think general America population who watches baseball is not is no longer going to have the same sympathy for the Cubs or same like, oh, I, you're, you're okay with me. They're not going to be on. They're not on the Cardinals level yet for me as a Reds fan. As far as hatred, right? <laughs> but that they are firmly entrenched in, in the number two spot. So one other thing from the MLB that kind of um, irked me a little bit, mainly because I'm a fan of this team and this player. But Gold Glove awards were were announced yesterday. Gold Glove uh, award goes to the player traditionally that is the best defensive player in that category. And center field always has a lot of very strong candidates, whereas left field, you usually get a bunch of, for less, uh, for more or less, just not good defensive players. Not, you know, if you take the best three outfielders, you would not get one left fielder, one center fielder, one right fielder. Usually they come from center field because that's where your guys are. But Billy Hamilton of the Reds, he, you know, say what you want about him offensively, but defensively, you cannot argue how good of a player he is. He finished second yesterday. I should know who won. I, I cannot remember uh, for the Enciarte uh, did, but and who's he play for? Oh gosh, uh, <laughs> I think he used to play for the Braves. Okay, but and he might still play for the Braves. But I'm just I I don't understand because I watched Billy Hamilton highlights. I mean that guy can cover ground like no other, and he didn't win the Gold Glove. Was it a close vote though? Because I, I, I didn't see anything about it or read anything I, up on it. To be it, honest, so. I don't know. I think MLB chose a slightly poor time uh, in announcing these because it was yesterday. Oh, yeah. So there <laughs> was well, a few other things going on. One small thing happening in the but, future. But, uh, yeah, Billy Hamilton didn't win. I think he'll eventually get his time. But what I'm, the gist of it is Gold Glove Awards have gotten more political instead of, I think, truly picking the best player. Um, so when you, when you say political, what do you... What are you actually talking about? You think uh, favorite players versus best name players? recognition versus players that deserve it, okay. or as I said, you they award gold gloves to one per position. I think what it should go to is the best defensive players, okay. especially in the outfield, because those are three positions that people can play with some similarity. A first baseman and a shortstop are not the same position, so you can't say, "Yeah, give me four infielders and three outfielders, and let's call it a day." Okay, but I got you. Yeah, we don't get a lot of NFL or we don't get a lot of MLB talk. Uh, people enjoy talking about that, so let, we'll move on yeah. for the sake of and that. We probably won't talk about the MLB for a while now. <laughs> well, this is a fun time for the, the hardcore MLB fans. The hot stove season, uh, where the trades, the free agent talks happen, and now guess what? Every single team has a chance for the World Series. So my beloved Reds have got a shot for the World Series until April when they uh, play their first game. So uh, back to the NFL, though. So you went to the game. We talked about that. You are now 0 for 2 and going to home for the home team. You know, you went to the Steelers Patriots a couple weeks ago. Mm -hmm. They lost. You went to Green Bay Colts. 
yesterday or Sunday they lost. Uh, so I want to, you know, do you have some sort of like deal with the devil that you did that is making you basically losing a game? Because I was gonna, I was while you were gone, I was like, man, Josh really needs to go to the next Bengals. Uh, Steelers game, but I realized that the first game was in Pittsburgh, so actually I'm going to need you to stay away from Cincinnati. (laughs) I went to the Bengals-Steelers game last year in Cincy, the one that was 60 degrees in December, and the Steelers won. So I think 2015 I was fine. This year, though, I don't know what it is. Um, We actually talked about going to another Packers game uh, later this year, sometime in December, and I don't know if I should go because I wouldn't test your luck, man. Yeah. It was sixty. Well, it was like what seventy in Green Bay. You go in December, you're pretty much guaranteeing <laughs> yourself that twenty degree status. Uh, see, I was wearing a Green Bay sweatshirt uh, just so I actually. That's the only piece of Green Bay uh, gear I own. Underneath, I had a Steelers shirt on just so I can stay true to my team. But and that's yeah. an acceptable time. That, you know? that sweatshirt was that was warm. I didn't think I was going to be sweating sitting. Watching a game in Green Bay in November. But going back to your team this week, can Ugh. we can like the Steelers, yes, the AFC North yes. in general is just garbage, not right good. Yeah. Everyone said before the, the season started, hey, the AFC North is going to be the best conference by far. I think that that title probably goes to the AFC West. Raiders, Raiders Broncos, uh, yeah. Chiefs, and Chargers. I believe all of those teams are above 500. I'll, I'll check on that right quick. But I don't even want to talk about the AFC North as much as I want to talk about your kicker. Like, that <laughs> well, was... Well, well, first of all, Chris Boswell was the Steelers' savior last year. Um, I don't know if you guys remember, but the start of the 2015 season, the Steelers picked up Josh Scobie, who came from the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now, everything that was leading up to it, they were saying, oh, Josh Scobie set the the record for most field goals made for the Jacksonville Jaguars, a team that's been around since the mid-90s. So that's nothing to really get all excited about. But that guy sucked. He, I think he almost missed more field goals and extra points than he actually made. So in comes Chris Boswell. The dude was almost perfect. He saved so many games for the Steelers. And I, <laughs> I don't want to speak ill of him because of what he's done for the team and how much... Uh, Basically, yeah, just how much good he's okay, done. Okay, but that but was let's, embarrassing. Let's go ahead and talk <laughs> For those of you who haven't also watched that, he attempts an onside kick as Pittsburgh is down a touchdown with under a minute to go last week against Baltimore. Now, in college, he went to Rice, for the record, the Owls, mm-hmm. all this useless uh, college <laughs> knowledge that I have. But he went to Rice and <coughs> had a successful onside kick where he essentially – is acting and stepping towards one way and and kind of does this little dance crisscross with his feet and then ends up kicking it the ball with his foot going behind himself and kicking it the other direction where it surprises the team. It looks like a soccer kick, like a yeah. trick yeah. soccer and kick. There's some sort of title for it. I don't really remember what it's called, but he did it successfully. It's on the YouTube. It's on everywhere. showing Successfully at that, Rice. Yeah, at yeah. Rice. He did it successfully. It looked great. The other team had no idea it was coming. They knew an onside kick was coming, but didn't think, you know, because a lot of times when kickers go to kick an onside kick, even if, you know, they might line up to go one way, and then if they decide to go the other way, they usually stop mid-stride mm-hmm. and then kick it the other way. He's trying to do this all in one thing. But on Sunday, it was embarrassing because his one foot blocked the other foot, <laughs> and then essentially what he did is he just hit the ball off about uh. a foot off the tee, and, um, yeah, that's a penalty. So that was embarrassing. Pittsburgh, 
on a three game skid. That's yeah, that's they, rough. The AFC North four and four, four and four, three and three, four and one, and then Cleveland. Well, I speaking of the Steelers, I have a little bit of confidence in them still, just because Roethlisberger, throughout his career, the first game he comes back after an injury, he's not good. He does not play well, and they most of the time lose. So they have Dallas this week. Dallas is going to Pittsburgh. Uh, Dallas and their seven and one team right now. Prescott, who's just on fire. Zeke, who is between those two, those two guys. One of them are going to be rookie of the year. Easy. It's you could make an argument and say that one of them would, would be rookie of the year. One of them could be the MVP. Now I think Tom Terrific is going to end up taking the MVP. Oh yeah. But I'd agree with that. Minus Tom Brady, I think Dak is going to finish <clears throat> up there. Maybe even Zeke, both of them in the top five, if they continue this. They're 7-1, 4-0 on the road. That team is just impressive. <coughs> but the AFC North in general is uh, garbage. Yeah, it is. 0-9 Cleveland. 0-9 Cleveland. And the AFC West, for the record, Oakland 7-2, Kansas City 6-2, Denver 6-3, San Diego 4-5. I think that takes the cake for the best yeah. division currently. Uh, with the Raiders, they've really impressed because everyone, the Raiders usually have this where they go on a stretch of like, oh, we're kind of good. And then they fall on their face and realize, oh, forget, I forgot that we're the Raiders. Yeah. But I think Derek Carr is the real deal. That I think it was a true test to show how good they are when they, they beat Denver. I, did, I don't think a lot of people thought they would win. I know I didn't. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, there's, I can't think of a team in the, I think the only team that might be able to contend with Oakland right now would be the Patriots. Are you talking about in the AFC or in the just AFC, in general? Yeah, yeah, the Patriots. I think you got to real like the Chiefs are really sneaky because they're just not sexy. I don't, I don't trust the Chiefs. Right, nobody, but nobody. Do you still really trust the Raiders right now? I'm cautiously optimistic because the Chiefs have more of a track record. <laughs> In years past, they've made it to the play a couple playoff games. They that but, when they play at home, Kansas City four zero at home. That's no like but the issue with Kansas City is injuries are really becoming a problem for them. You have Jeremy Macklin getting hurt. You have Spencer Ware, uh, Jamal Charles. I even think Alex, Alex Smith, Smith went got out hurt. With a concussion, yeah. but they still win. They have a four game win streak. Like currently, <laughs> you're telling me all these guys have gotten hurt at these different times. I. You, they're just figuring out how to do it. They I have don't depth. Know. I'll give them that. They have depth. But the uh, the NFL, yeah, current playoff standings, you've got New England, Oakland, Houston, Baltimore, Kansas City, Denver on the AFC side. All of those are pretty strong teams minus Baltimore. I, I just don't I don't know who's going to come from the AFC North. And then and the NFC, Dallas, <coughs> Seattle, Atlanta, Minnesota, who's in free fall mode. Ooh. The Giants and Redskins. So that's three teams from the NFC East currently in the playoffs right now. Uh, and then you got the uh, Lions and Saints lingering behind. But yeah, the NFL were basically at the halfway point of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, Which means we're past the halfway point for our Justice League. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if that's your segue into the Justice League, <laughs> I, I try to ignore it as much as I can now because I am now on a four game skid. Uh, last week I had a pretty good week, but you had a better week. Yeah. Uh, so currently you are up five to two. Uh, we're we are now probably officially getting into crisis mode uh, for myself. I've got still eight weeks to go, but <laughs> can't really be piling up too many more losses. Gonna need uh, gonna need a loss here. But old Mike Evans on Thursday last week really kind of started you off on the right foot. Oh, it was when he beautiful. had two touchdown catches like in the first quarter. 
I was like, oh gosh. Yeah, but see, you had somebody else in that game, didn't you? You had I had Devonta Freeman, who didn't, yeah. I thought with no Tevin Coleman and the fact that Tampa Bay gives up a lot of running. No, that, that guess game. what? Matt Ryan had four touchdowns. Four of them, or three of them, came from within two yards of the goal line. He had a one yard, a two yard, and a two yard. You can't tell me Devonta Freeman can't <laughs> run those in. Uh, uh, and you know, had two of those gone his way. I think I actually beat you because I think you only beat me by about ten. I've kind of stopped keeping track of the score. You just look for the who wins, who went, who lost. Right. If if it comes down to it, it's easily it's easy for me to track uh, to go back and track who did what. But uh, let's focus on this week. Since you're the champion currently, or the guy in the lead, I'll get I'll defer to you to give me your <laughs> roster of destruction. All right. So if you guys have seen the trend for my quarterbacks the last few weeks, I always go with the quarterback going up against Cleveland, uh, just because it seems like every single quarterback um, just throws all over that secondary. So this week is no different. I'm taking Joe Flacco. Uh, they're playing Cleveland this week. Um, now to add to a tandem. I'm also taking Mike Wallace. I think Flacco and Wallace are going to throw for a lot this week. And hopefully, I, I feel bad for the Browns, but I don't think the Browns are going to win this one. Oh, Mikey Mike had that 95-yard touchdown last week. Oh, he had 17 and a half fantasy points. I regret dropping him in my fantasy football league. Um, anyway, so moving on, I have uh, my other wide receiver is Quincy Anunwa. Uh, my running back is Melvin Gordon. My flex player, which... I'm surprised I put him as a flex. He should be my starting running back. But David Johnson, he's going up against San Francisco, San Francisco the worst running defense in the league. Uh, I have the Redskins as my defense. My kicker is Nick Folk. And then my tight end is Antonio Gates. Yeah, I, Melvin Gordon, just this whole year, as a not only a player but fantasy-wise, has had a huge bounce back. He has. Rookies, I mean, it's hard to – it's unfair to judge people off of one year as a rookie – but he had a disappointing, I'll say, season last year. This year he has been very good. So, yeah, I mean, I'll probably be 2-6 and six because <laughs> my trend, your trend is to pick guys who are going up against the Browns. My trend is to pick players and then those guys not do a whole lot that week, but the next week they blow up. <laughs> Seriously, you can look at the roster and it happens. I feel like that's your fantasy story for across the board yes. this year. Uh, Carson Palmer is going to be my quarterback this week. I also have a wide receiver tandem with uh, Larry Fitzgerald. Uh, Zeke Elliott this week, he's he ha- he keeps having a big week after big week. The, the guy's just he's impressive. Run all over Cleveland. Well, the, he did that last week. I'm sorry. Um, he has. Oh yeah, it's Pittsburgh. <sighs> so I I was like I know Josh isn't going to pick a team a player that's going up against his team. Well, I already picked Zeke too. Right, but Pittsburgh is not great against the run this year. so They're not great against anything this year. It's killing me. <laughs> uh, I'm going A.J. Green on Monday night, which is he's kind of a, a risky up play here because it's a primetime game. Usually Dalton struggles in primetime, but I'm, I'm hoping that A.J. continues to be A.J. this year. So Palmer, Elliott, A.J., Larry Fitz. Give me J.H.I., Three or four weeks ago when you picked him, I was like, hey, you're just trying to catch lightning in a bottle. He did. Oh, yeah. But then again, he had a bye week. And then last week, he went over 100 yards with a touchdown. So I kind of think he might be the real deal as far as being a, yeah. you know, he's not going to th- run for 200 every week. But no, who knows? If you get 100 yards out of him, you're good. Right. Uh, Travis Kelsey as my tight end. 
Uh, let's see if he throws any more flags at the referee after getting thrown out. <laughs> I mean, that was that guy is crazy. He has his own reality TV he show. He's, so. a, he's the type of guy like I would actually want to hang out with. He's like a Gronk. He's a less he's a less famous Gronk. Uh, he's a less like just pure meathead Gronk. Right. Uh, Josh Lambeau and then the Rams defense <coughs> for the Justice League. So uh, let's move on to something that's a little bit more polarizing. Uh, the poll that everybody was probably watching last night, of course, was the college football poll. Obviously. Um, everybody was tuned in with bated breath on that one. Uh, <laughs> really, I don't, I didn't have, there was no surprises to me in the top six or seven. As far as the rankings go. Right. Yeah. Washington moving into four does not bother me whatsoever as a Buckeye fan and as a college football fan. They gave A&M a shot last week. Uh, and put with yeah, put Washington. Well, did they blow it? Only moving down to eight. That's what bugs me so much. But we'll get there in one second. <laughs> Washington moves. Washington moves up to four. I'm okay with that. They they've played a very soft schedule, but they've taken care of business. You can't help who you play to a degree. You can help who you schedule, and you're out of conference. But a lot of times, those are made three, four, five, ten years in advance. Yeah. Ohio State five, Louisville six. The thing that really just baffles me is the A&M call. Texas A&M did go on the road to what was it, Mississippi State? Yep. And lost. The game was only um, decided by a touchdown, but A&M was down three touchdowns. I actually started watching that game when I saw the score in the fourth quarter. Well, the apps on the phones are great nowadays. You you see that, and it just says, watch. Okay, let's see what we got here. <laughs> I'm watching that, and this quarterback is running all over A&M. I mean, the guy ran for like 200-some yards. But the committee who made a bold choice last week, putting A&M fourth after a one loss into the number one team, so you can kind of understand, drops them kind only of. down to eight. I, I don't understand that. I think the theory that I've and a lot of people probably have come to, is that the committee is looking to try and kind of back up their decision the week prior of putting them fourth and saying, well, you know, they're really good. We still believe in them. They're only going to go to eight. Whereas you had two other teams that were higher ranked, Nebraska and LSU. LS, or Nebraska dropped nine spots to 19. Well, Nebraska got whooped. I understand. But they got whooped by a top five team. They didn't get beat by an unranked team. But when you lose by 59 points, which is the second greatest margin of victory or margin of defeat all time in college football, I mean, that's... that's That can't be true. It is. It's tied for second. I saw that. 59 points? 59 points. Well, we must own number two and three because we won 58 to nothing in the Big Ten Championship game, right? Uh, I don't remember that. Or but was it fifty? That is yeah. because I had to. I was looking at it when I was um, in Green Bay over the weekend because I didn't get a chance to watch any of the games. And yeah, they tied for second. You can look All it right, up, folks. If you want we're to. getting real time. <laughs> we're getting real time. So while you're looking that up, uh, just to run over the rankings for you guys, Alabama's number one, Clemson's number two, Michigan is number three, and Washington's number four. All four of those teams are undefeated. They're all nine and zero. Um, Ohio State is number five. Louisville is number six. Wisconsin is seven. A&M is eight. Auburn is nine. And then Penn State rounds out the top ten. So that leaves the Big Ten with actually four uh, top ten teams in there, which is pretty impressive, I'd have to say. Yeah, I think 
and week by week, <laughs> I get more and more impressed oh, yeah. by Penn State. At first, I thought it was insane that Penn State came in at number 12 in the initial ranking. Like, you got to... After beating... Uh, oh, wait. So they beat Ohio State, and then they beat... yeah. Right, they beat Ohio State, and I expected them... F- fully to get into the rankings, but I didn't think that they were going to come that high. And then last week, yeah, they beat Iowa, but they put it to Iowa, and they took care of business. Mm-hmm. Um, I still think, and we talked about this at work a little while ago, I still think Michigan, even though they're number three, I think they are the best team in the country right now. I think they could beat Alabama, uh, because Alabama, they really kind of rely on their defense. Michigan's offense is pretty good. Well, Alabama's quarterbacks had a lot of success. But against LSU, I think LSU gave the rest of the country a really good blueprint to stopping that quarterback, which is to contain those outsides. And you better believe every coach that plays Alabama after that is going to look at that. And make him stay in the pocket. And LSU did a great job for that, except for a couple of those plays, which led to Alabama scores. I mean, 10-0, that game was boring to watch. I'm sorry. (laughs) Like I'm kind of glad I missed that one. Yeah, and I get a lot of times, like, I feel like I'm probably contradicting myself because I will sit and watch and love a one to nothing baseball game. But a 0-0 football game, I'm sorry. That's just, it's boring to me. Well, and if there are no big plays or anything, yeah, it's going to get boring. That's, that's one of the allures of Big plays of, of, on offense, of football. not defense, because there's a lot of big plays on defense. Sacks and key. Oh, I don't know. You, you, know you look saying? at like, Jadavion Clowney, that big hit, that was pretty awesome. You look at some amazing interceptions and just... Big hits in general. I don't know. I, I like it all. But um, going back to what I was talking about, Clemson's number two, and you had them as your most overrated top 10 college football team last week. I did. And yeah. then I had Louisville, which is number six, as my most overrated. So do you think well, either one of We had to pick those... a team in the top 10 last week that yeah. we believed was overrated. Yep. And I still think Clemson is. I, I don't see – I still don't see Clemson being a top two team. Uh, actually, so Vegas right now, once those re- uh, rankings were released, Vegas releases their rankings. You know, they follow by what they believe, sports books and gambling and all that stuff. The top two teams in the nation that they believe, Alabama and Ohio State, they still have Al- or Ohio State as the second best favorite. Alabama, I believe, is even money uh, for the college football title. They have Ohio State at 7-2. to two. So, and then uh, Michigan, Clemson were there. Washington was down. Louisville was down. I I just, going back to this A&M thing, I don't understand it. Now, it's also, you know, Ohio State lost to an unranked team similar to what A&M did, and they only went down a couple as well. So maybe maybe I'm wrong for saying I don't understand the A&M deal when Ohio State benefited from something similar to that. But I think it also goes down to the teams that you lost to. Penn State, yeah, we lost. The Buckeyes lost to Penn State, you know, when they were unranked. That was a fluke play. But. That I think the committee actually kind of takes into account. Right. But but Penn State is now still winning in, in, in the rankings. Mississippi State, for winning that game, still is not ranked. That True. You know, what, what does that say, really? If you know how how can you tell me that you're gonna drop a team from four to eight after losing to an unranked team and then after they beat you they're still unranked, you know LSU moving down to twenty fourth from number eleven seems a little crazy to me. 
I don't, you know, yeah, that I, is, I don't yeah. want to scream SEC bias because I think LSU got beat up by that as well. Nebraska going down nine spots makes sense. But, you know, I, I just think that the committee has done themselves a disservice in the first couple of weeks, losing some of that trust. I think the first two years, I didn't really think anything was crazy of those rankings, you know? And I don't think there was a lot of the ire and criticism coming from the public outside of those fan bases, you know, because every fan base is irate. But this year, I think that the committee has gotten a little bit off the track in some of their rankings, and I'm hoping that the games just kind of, you know, work themselves out. Yeah. So um, (laughs) the reason for my silence during all that, I was trying to find that article that showed – that record I was talking about. I can't find it, so I'm just probably going to have to move that up to uh, next week. So, what record? Or the Ohio State beating Nebraska by 59 points. Maybe it was... Ties for second. It, it you're, <clears throat> I can already tell you that you're going to be wrong. I okay. think maybe the context... Let's make a bet on it. A Dr. Pepper? A Dr. Pepper. Perfect. Our normal bet. Well, my first result, the, the all-time record is 220 to nothing. So <laughs> I think maybe the context of your your statement is maybe two teams within the top 10 of one another, like top 10 opponent blowouts or something, because the Big Ten championship game was either 58 or 59 or nothing a couple years ago against Wisconsin. And I'm sure since 18-something <coughs> when Georgia Tech beat a team 220 or nothing. And there might be a little yesterday. context there because I didn't know about that 220 thing. But you didn't know about it, but you searched it, so you can't. No, I didn't search it. It just showed up on my app. Okay. Because well, again, I didn't watch any game on Saturday. We'll we were see. in a cabin with no TV. We had other stuff to do. I may let you off the hook for 50 cents, but I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> uh, let's, let's get to. We have one uh, email question to get to from Christopher. Long-time emailer, first-time listener. That's his quotes. Um, <laughs> thanks. Yeah, thanks. He says, with Josh traveling to Pittsburgh and Green Bay to watch an NFL game, and with my recent travel to London, he went out to watch the Bengals uh, for vacation, but planned it around the Bengal game, I believe, to watch a game. I was wondering, what is the furthest length of distance you would be willing to go to watch your team play? Hmm. Um, I don't know. It depends. Uh, am I... Is money no object? Uh, is it relatively cheap to get there? A lot of factors come. I gotta, I gotta think that money is an object. Yeah, because money is an object in anything, unless it you're depends. Just a it depends on where it's gonna be. Um, let's see, halfway around the world, what is that? Like mid Asia. Well, yeah. For reference, Afghanistan's seven thousand miles, and I think the longest flight is, or I think the longest distance is like fourteen thousand. Okay. So, um, you know, the only, I'm not gonna go watch the NFL is not gonna be over there. The Baseball is not going to be over there. I think the only team that would probably be traveling is the either the U.S. or the win or the men's. I'm sorry, the U.S. men's or women's uh, national team for soccer. Um, and the women they've won several times recently. If the men went, maybe that would be kind of fun to go to. If I can also plan it around some traveling, yeah. uh, And that's that's going to be the case for anything. I'm not going to go somewhere only for a game. I want to go there, spend an extra week or two, and see everything. So. Um, yeah, I mean, I'd go halfway around the world, depending on where it is. I'm not going to Afghanistan to watch something. I'm not going to go. I don't think the, anybody's going to that Afghanistan armed forces to watch. game. <laughs> well, yeah, I would be willing to do the same if I could plan it around a vacation. Yeah. Like 
the MLB plays some games in Japan, and I think they've done it in Australia before. Opening week, if there is, like, I've always wanted to go to Australia, and if it just happened to work out, I would absolutely do that. I think if you're talking about, like, I'm planning a vacation or planning a weekend, I would drive within 8 to eight to 12 hours to go watch a game, you know, on the drop of a buck, you know, without yeah. any planning. And you'd say, hey, it's a playoff game. Well, as long as you run it by your wife first and make sure everything's good, well, right? Uh, absolutely. <laughs> but if I had, you know, if there was a pl- if my teams were in the playoffs, which that's not happening in Cincinnati on the baseball side anytime soon. But if and it doesn't look like it's going to happen with football either this year. You know, a half a game out. That's all I'm saying. It's true. That's high. And with Eifert back, I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic that in the trash uh, dump that is the AFC North... <laughs> <laughs> He just it's might so have a chance. Bad. Don't you can't uh, even argue that Cleveland doesn't have a chance because they're only four games out from the first place. They are zero and nine and four games out from first place. Mm. Let that sink in for you. Remember AFC a few North years fans. ago when the AFC North sent three teams to the playoffs, and they were saying the same thing this year. Yeah, that AFC North strongest conference. There's. Or I'll let you guys division. figure out who the three teams were. <laughs> Uh, spoiler alert! It was not Cleveland. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I would go. I'd go quite a bit. Yeah. We've got a couple other questions that are uh, making their way through that are going to need a significant topic of time to be. Yeah. Uh, Dustin, we're waiting for that topic to officially come across <coughs> our email box. But yeah, I think that's going to probably wrap it up for this week. So definitely, uh, make sure you check us out on all of our social media. Uh, interact with us. That's what we love about this. Uh, it makes it a lot more fun to do a podcast when people listen, they send you emails, talk we, to you about it. We're we're slowly gaining listeners. Um, we're creeping over the hundred mark of <laughs> daily or weekly listens. I don't think I know a hundred people that I speak to on a daily no, basis, no. and maybe I can, I don't even know if I know fifty. So you know, just splitting the difference between you and I. So I gotcha. tell your friends, tell your family. You know, that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to have fun with this. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, At this point, we'll interact with about anybody. So we'll see you next week. Have a good one, guys. Thanks for listening to Game Day Geeks. Follow us at facebook.com slash gamedaygeeks, Twitter at gdgeeks, or send us an email, gamedaygeeks at yahoo.com. Find us on SoundCloud or iTunes. And as always, we appreciate your reviews.